الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلله فلا هادي له ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن سيدنا ونبيا مدن عبده ورسوله صلى الله تعالى عليه وعلى آله وبارك وسلم تثنيما كثيرا كثيرا أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم لقد كان لكم في رسول الله أسوة حسنة لمن كان يرجو الله واليوم الآخر وذكر الله كثيرا وقد ورد عن سيد البشر صلى الله عليه وسلم أنه قال خيركم خيركم لأهلي وأنا خيركم لأهلي أو كما قال عليه الصلاة والسلام صدق الله مولانا العظيم وبلغنا رسوله النبي الأمين الكريم ونحن على ذلك لمن الشاهدين والشاكرين والحمد لله رب العالمين few weeks ago one of the topics that we discussed in the Jum'ah bayan was that of the perfect or the best husband and this is the second part to that bayan and to that topic that being the best husband to one's wife to one's family and obviously there could be no better husband than Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam but Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was sent as the guide as the teacher for the entire race of humanity so the example that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam left for us is the best of example and this Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has declared very clearly in the Quran Majid لَقَدْ كَانَ لَكُمْ فِي رَسُولِ اللَّهِ أُسْوَةٌ حَسَنًا that most definitely in Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam lies for you a perfect example and when it comes to the exemplary behavior and mannerism of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam as being a husband then this Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam himself had declared that خَيْرُكُمْ خَيْرُكُمْ لِأَهْلِي that the best of you is the one who is best to his family to his household وَأَنَا خَيْرُكُمْ لِأَهْلِي and from amongst all of you I am the best to my family, to my wife. So when Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam declared himself to be the best, then there can be no better example for us to follow than Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And few points were mentioned in the previous, in the first part of this topic and discussion, which we will just very briefly go through for those who are not here. And just as a reminder for those who were here, that the first point that we learned from Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was that of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam level, an exemplary level of character and akhlaq. The manner in which Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam dealt with our honorable mothers, with the azwaj mutahharat. The manner in which Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam spoke to them, interacted with them. The manner in which Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam consoled them, saw to them being in good spirit. So this is that beautiful akhlaq. The character that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam displayed as a lesson for each one of us. And then secondly was the level of perception that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam had. That Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam understood very well what things or what elements would upset the azwaj mutahharat. What will bring them joy and in which situations are they upset with him. In which situations are they pleased with him. So Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam had that holistic approach to his marriage. So his approach towards his wife, that he understood very well what would be causing them to become upset, what would make them happy and pleased. And then the next point was how Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam conducted himself at home. That though he was the leader of all the Anbiya alayhi wasallam, Imam al-Anbiya, the best of the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yet Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam didn't allow these great virtues and these great accolades to be a barrier between him and his family in him behaving as a normal human being at home. That at times when a person holds a very high position, that he feels that he needs or he deserves the very same kind of respect out of the home 
within his home. So this was not the case of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. That kana basharam min al-bashar. That Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was a normal human being like any other ordinary man within the confines of his home. And then together with that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam at all times expressed his love to the azwaj mutahharat. He made them understand that they had a place within his mubarak heart. It wasn't that they were out of his mind and out of his heart. And together with that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam would always express his appreciation and his gratitude for whatever they had done, whatever services they had rendered to him. And then continuing with the next points, that Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam at home was light-hearted and humorous. It wasn't that Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam always had a very straight face, that way he was always stern, that where they had to look for opportunities for a smile to come on the Mubarak face of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Rather, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was extremely gentle, light-hearted, humorous, that at times when situations would be at very, would be a very sensitive situation, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam would tact and wisdom, would change that situation into a light-hearted moment. On one occasion, Hazrat Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha, because of extreme pain, of a severe headache that she was suffering and experiencing, so she complained to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that that what pain I am experiencing, what a severe headache I am experiencing. So Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam understanding that now she is undergoing agony, she is undergoing some pain. So I need to console her. But at the same time, I cannot allow her to become depressed. That she needs to be jovial at this time. Because if she falls into a state of depression, then this will just worsen over time. So Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam very casually told her that if this is the case and if this leads to your death, then don't worry, I will make dua maghfirat for you, and I will make istighfar for you, and I will continuously make dua for you. So Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha, also understanding the reason for Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam speaking in this manner. So she didn't take exception to it. Rather Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha also quipped back, and she said that, O oh Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that what are you talking? That if I have to pass away, then you will start enjoying yourself with one of the wives, with one of the other azwaj mutahharat, the very same night that I pass away. That you will totally forget about. So again, she was also, she also went into that good spirit. She was also jovial and light-hearted at that time. And then Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam comforted her and told her that it isn't only you that are experiencing a headache, but I am also experiencing a severe headache, a severe pain in my head. And again, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam expressed this to her, expressed his pain to her, so that she would understand that I am not isolated in this case. That I am not alone in this pain. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa is also experiencing a similar kind of pain that I am experiencing. But again, that husband needs to understand the manner in which he approaches the wife. The manner in which he addresses his wife. At times a person might think that he may be saying something light-hearted. But he forgets to understand the type of temperament that his wife has. That at times she may take it in the wrong light. And instead of it being a light-hearted moment, she will become extra sensitive and she may take exception to the comment that the husband is making. So before a person can even think of being light-hearted in a sensitive situation, one needs to understand how his wife will take it, in which light will she understand it and view it. And then he should go ahead. And together with that, many a times people think that I will just pass a sarcastic remark, but not realizing that instead of it opening up the mind of the wife, it will just shut off her mind from the husband. And instead of it bringing brightness in the home, it will just increase that gloominess. It will just increase the dullness within the home. So this was one lesson that we learned from the life of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. That Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he was light-hearted, he was jovial, he was humorous. But yet at the same time, 
when there was a need to correct any of the azwaj mutahharat for some error or for some mistake that they had made. Then Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam didn't hold himself back. But Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam again would tact with wisdom, would then correct them and point out to them that this was the mistake that you made. But it wasn't in a manner that when Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam made it seem that now they were a, that they have become a jahannami, that they now were doomed for jahannam and for the adab of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But with love, with kindness, with wisdom, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam would correct them. Then another point in the life of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was that of sabr, of patience, of perseverance. That the level of sabr that Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam had, that is phenomenal, that is beyond our understanding. But again, one incident that Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha narrates, explains, and we should also understand that Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha came into the Mubarak home of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam when she was still very young. The tendencies of a young girl. That she wouldn't have the tendencies of an adult woman. She was still a young girl when she came into the Mubarak home of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And again, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam understood this. That she is still young in age. So I need to treat her according to her, to her age. I cannot expect her to behave as an adult woman would behave. So once there were a few Abyssinians who were practicing some fear fighting in the courtyard of the masjid of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And this was all in aid of jihad, in aid of equipping them in, in how to fight against the enemies, etc. So Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam asked Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha whether she would want to view and spectate what they were doing. So Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha, she wanted to see this. But again, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam observed all the precautions that needed to be taken. That as the narration explains, that Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam then opened out his Mubarak shawl and covered Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha and allowed her to rest her chin against his Mubarak shoulder. And then Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha explained that I continued watching and spectating the manner in which they were going about fighting and playing around with their spears. And time and again, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam would then ask me that, Oh Aisha, ama shabi'ati, that have you had enough? So Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha explains and says that I would reply and say, La. O Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, I haven't had enough. I want to spectate even longer and even more. But she explains that the purpose and the reason for this was that I wanted to see how much of love does Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam have for That will he be able to continuously endure this until I tell him that I want to stop viewing and spectating. And she says that eventually I went, I told Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that I have had enough and now let me go back into my, into my home. And that is when Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam moved away from there. But we find that this was the level of perseverance and patience that Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam had. That he allowed Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha firstly to continuously view and spectate that spectacle until she became tired. And Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam underwent the fatigue, the tiredness, just in order for her to fulfill her desire, her permissible desire. And secondly, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam treated her according to her age. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam understood that she is a young girl. So she needs this kind of amusement in her life. Not all the time, but from time to time. So that she will be able to remain happy within this, within this home. And she will be happy with me as well. And then another point in the Mubarak life of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was the mutual consideration and respect among spouses. That Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam had married Ummul Mu'mineen, Hazrat Safiya radiallahu ta'ala anha, whilst they were still out in battle. And now it was time for their return. And Safiya radiallahu ta'ala anha needed to be mounted and come onto her camel. So Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam 
brought the camel down to be seated and because she was not of a very of a, of, of a tall height so it was difficult for her to mount the camel all by herself so nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam first knelt on the ground and told safiya radiyallahu ta'ala anha that now you stand on my mubarak thigh and then you get on to the camel so this was the consideration that nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam showed to her that it would have been difficult for her to come on to the camel by herself so nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam allowed his body to be as if a step for her to climb on and then move on to the camel. But from her side, Safiya radiallahu ta'ala anha understood that this is the Nabi of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this was the beginning of her interaction with Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So her extreme level of respect of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam being a Nabi was more than her relationship as a husband and wife. So she told Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that I cannot place my foot on your Mubarak thigh, but rather I will also as if crawl on your, on your thigh and from a crawling position, I will get on to the camel. I cannot tolerate placing my foot on your Mubarak thigh. And in this manner, she placed her leg on the Mubarak thigh of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, And then she got on to the camel. So we find that mutually from both sides, there was consideration from Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam and respect from Hazrat Safiya radiallahu ta'ala anha. Whereas many a times we find that what leads to the breakdown of marriages is where there isn't that level of consideration from either side of the spouse, that the husband doesn't take into consideration the wife, or at times the wife does not take into consideration the type of respect and honor that she needs to afford her husband. That though there would be the ups and downs in any marriage for that sake, but each one needs to show their part, needs to play their part. The husband needs to show the consideration from his side. The wife needs to show the consideration from her side. And then together with that consideration, considering the feelings of each another, the emotions of each another, that is also extremely important. The husband needs to understand that a woman by nature, she is extremely sensitive, she is extremely soft. And things that the husband may take to be extremely trivial, that may not be taken as insignificant and trivial in the eyes of the wife. So the husband needs to be considered to the emotions of the wife, to the feelings of the wife. On one occasion, Nabi Anas radiallahu ta'ala explains that Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam had a neighbor who was of Persian origin and he used to cook a very tasty meal and he was well known for this. So he on one occasion, he invited Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam that come and partake of a meal in my home. So Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam then asked him, وَهَذِهِ referring to Hazrat Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha that what about her? That you are inviting me but you are not passing on an invitation for Hazrat Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha. So this sahabi, he declined and said that it is, the invitation is only for you, O Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So again, for the second time, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam asked him, وَهَذِهِ And what about her? So again, for the second time, this sahabi replied and said that the invitation is only for you. So a third time, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, told Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that come over. But the third time, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam told him, وَهَذِهِ What about Hazrat Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha? And then only the sahabi, it struck him that Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam would only accept my da'wat, he would only accept my invitation if I also invite Hazrat Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha. So then he told Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that this invitation is for both of you, yourself as well as for Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha. And then only did Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam explain to him that now I am going to accept my invitation and I will bring Hazrat Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha along with me to your home. But then Imam Nawawi rahimahullah commenting on this hadith explains that the reason for this was that Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam understood the feelings of Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha. That the Mubarak home of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam in most instances and in most times 
was a home that was experiencing starvation, that there wasn't enough food in the Mubarak home of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa felt to himself that if I am going to be enjoying a meal, then what would be the running through the mind of Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha? That my husband Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa is enjoying a meal all by himself and he has totally forgotten me. So with that consideration of these feelings for Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa explained to that sahabi, that I will only accept your da'wat and your invitation if you invite Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha along with myself. And these are just a few points that we learn from the Mubarak life of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa Otherwise, every day from the Mubarak life of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa was filled with lessons, not only for us as husbands. For many of us may be thinking that there are many unmarried individuals sitting in this gathering. But these lessons do not only apply to husbands, though primarily they apply to husbands, but it applies to every ummati of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So once we instill and we act upon these Mubarak teachings of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, then our homes, as us being children to our parents, as us being spouses and husbands to our wives, we will then create a home of love. That home will become... Jannat on earth and a stable home would then lead to a stable society. And once that society becomes a stable society, then that is when we will see progress and we will see deen flourishing in every home of society. So we make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he blesses each one of us with the tawfiq of emulating these mubarak teachings of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillah. الحمد لله الأكرم الذي خلق الإنسان وكرم وعلمه من البيان ما لم يعلم وسبحان الذي لا يحصم تنانه باللسان ولا بالقلم ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن سيدنا ونبينا ومولانا محمدا عبده ورسوله صلى الله تعالى عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا أما بعد فيا أيها الناس وحيد الله فإن التوحيد رأس الطاعات واتقوا الله فإن التقوى ملاك الحسنات وعليكم بالسنة فإن السنة تهدي إلى الإطاعة ومن أطاع الله ورسوله فقد رشد واهتدى وإياكم والبدعة فإن البدعة تهدي إلى المعصية ومن يعص الله ورسوله فقد ضل وغوى وعليكم بالصدق فإن الصدق ينجي والكذب يهلك وعليكم بالإحسان فإن الله يحب المحسنين ولا تقنطوا من رحمة الله فإنه أرحم الراحمين ولا تحب الدنيا فتكونوا من الخاسرين ألا وإن نفسا لن تموت حتى تستكمل رزقها فاتقوا الله وأجملوا في الطلب وتوكلوا عليه فإن الله يحب المتوكلين ودعوه فإن ربكم مجيب الداعين واستغفروه يمددكم بأموال وبنين أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم لقد كان لكم في رسول الله أسوة حسنة لمن كان يرجو الله واليوم الآخر وذكر الله كثيرا بارك الله لنا ولكم في القرآن العظيم ونفعنا وإياكم بما فيه من الآيات والذكر الحكيم إنه تعالى جواد كريم ملك بر الرؤوف الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن سيدنا ونبينا ومولانا محمدا عبده ورسوله أرسله بالحق بشيرا ونذيرا بين يدي الساعة من يطع الله ورسوله فقد رشد ومن يعص الله ورسوله فإنه لا يضر إلا نفسه ولا يضر الله شيئا أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم 
إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على سيدنا ومولانا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا ومولانا محمد وبارك وسلم قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم أرحم أمتي بأمتي أبو بكر وأشدهم في أمر الله عمر وأصدقهم حياء عثمان وأقضاهم علي وفاطمة سيدة نساء أهل الجنة والحسن والحسين سيدا شباب أهل الجنة وحمزة أسد الله وأسد رسوله اللهم اغفر للعباس وولده مغفرة ظاهرة وباطنة لا تغادر ذنبا رضوان الله تعالى عليهم وعن كل الصحابة أجمعين الله الله في أصحابي لا تتخذوهم غرضا من بعدي فمن أحبهم فبحبي أحبهم ومن أبغضهم فببغضي أبغضهم وخير الناس قرني ثم الذين يلونهم ثم الذين يلونهم ربنا آتنا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة وقنا عذاب النار عباد الله رحمكم الله إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعظكم لعلكم تذكرون وقال تعالى فاذكروني أذكركم واشكروا لي ولا تكفروا الله أكبر الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغوب عليهم ولا الضالين سبح اسم ربك الأعلى الذي خلق فسوى والذي قدر فهدى والذي أخرج المرعى فجعله غثاء أحوى سنقرئك فلا تنسى إلا ما شاء الله إنه يعلم الجهر وما يخفى ونيسرك لليسرى فذكر إن نفعت الذكرى سيذكر من يخشى ويتجنبها الأشقى الذي يصل النار الكبرى ثم لا يموت فيها ولا يحيا قد أفلح من تزكى وذكر اسم ربه فصلى بل تؤثرون الحياة الدنيا والآخرة خير وأبقى إن هذا لفي الصحف الأولى صحف إبراهيم وموسى الله أكبر سمع الله لمن حمده الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين اهدنا الصراط المستقيم 